This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss of Rotowire. I'm here with Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. This podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. You can go to FanDuel.com, click on the mic in the upper right-hand corner, use my code word RWPOD, sign up now. Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's more than $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD, FanDuel.com. Every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot com. Sign up today. All right, Dalton. Well, we just got back from Arizona. We hung out um, for God knows what reason. Stayed in uh, the uh, Rick Wolf, Glenn Colton party suite till 5 a.m. Uh, I just recovered, I think, my sleep from that uh, this morning, pretty much. And uh, we both drafted our teams. I, you know, I was doing the uh, broadcast of the XM, you know, the XM broadcast for your draft. So I... I was kind of half paying attention. I was mostly just mocking uh, the people drafting, and I wasn't sure what you were doing. I didn't look at it that closely. But what was your uh, what was your strategy here when you're? Is this an NL only twelve team league? Well, before we get into that, um, I'd like to say that I um, I had to get up at like six a.m. to leave to, to to fly there. I flew out that same day, and uh, I went back to my hotel room a- after you you know as you mentioned five a.m. And, and ordered some room service. So. It's as far as I can remember the first time I actually stayed awake t- for 24 hours. So, yeah, I'm still recovering myself. That was a that that was my my draft. I mean, I was the Sunday night NL too. So that was my strategy, I guess, was to be uh, barely awake during this draft. Is as, as probably the results you would you would say. But I, I, whoa, I, whoa, I whoa, whoa. okay, if we're gonna talk about this, the only reason we were there till five was because around two, and I'd been uh, pounding vodka. I realized I couldn't go to sleep without eating something, because I had a very small... Uh, I don't eat that like piece of shit Papa John's that Peyton Manning sold his soul for. Um, I don't eat that shit. It's not just because of Peyton Manning. It's just because I don't eat like... Well, first of all, I'm, I'm gluten-free. But second of all, if I were to cheat and eat something with gluten, it would be like a, a legit piece of pizza you know, from a New York pizzeria or something. 
and uh, not some Papa John. So I don't eat that. But then Stacy's turn is nice enough to go out and get some delicious, this like beef stew with an egg on top from the Arrogant Butcher, which is near the, the place. But it's very small. And I only, I should have ordered more, but I just had one. So all I had pretty much the whole day was a, a small lunch at like noon, that little cup of stew. And then it's two in the morning. And I've been drinking a lot. And I didn't want to go to sleep on an empty stomach uh, with, you know, I don't know, eight or nine v- shots of vodka in my stomach because I, I was worried I was going to be very hungover. So I figured if I stayed up and pushed through it, it's, you know, I, I either had to eat and go to sleep or if I couldn't eat, if there was no food, I could push through it, maybe get breakfast, then go to sleep. And you told me uh, that the Westin where we were staying did not have room service all night, that it ended at, you know, midnight or whatever. So I thought I was screwed, and I only stayed out because of this misinformation that you gave me. And here's the thing. It's okay not to know whether it has room service or not, but why would you be sure of something that's false? Because they hid the other menu. There was a menu that clearly showed the main food, and it ended at midnight, and I looked at it beforehand because I like to plan these things out. I thought ahead of that. Oh, can I get food when I get back in the middle of the night? And the menu said no. But you're right. As soon I did tell you that. So therefore, you wanted to stay up until five or six, so you could order breakfast. Right. And when you get back at five, we asked the concierge, and we're like, "Oh yeah, we have a you know, it's limited menu, obviously, but yeah, right. all night." So I went back to my room and I found the other menu. Like I said, very limited, but uh, that is correct. I kept you up an extra three hours, and I, I apologize. Yes, and my life is ruined now. So all right. Anyway, let's just talk about who we got. Um, so my yeah. So you're back to your question. My strategy typically in these uh, only leagues is to um, is to spread the wealth. Um, I don't like buying players more than $30. It's just at-bats are in a commodity. It's so difficult to fill your roster out with starters. Um, it hasn't been working for me the last couple years, but, um, I mean, injuries. I mean, first of all, imagine if you if you spend $40 on a player and they get hurt. That That's that's worse than, than – I mean, I guess the same could be said if you spend two on 20 and one get hurt. Point is there's zero replacement level. So, so my theory has just been not putting all your eggs in one basket, spreading the wealth. This time I actually spent four on four players, 24 and more, which I typically go even more extreme on just 15 to $22 players. So I went a little, a little off the beaten path for me. But, but you're a little different, right? You are, you are willing to pay for the stars even in an only league. Yeah, I don't fear uh, being short of at-bats. I don't care. First of all, I usually have a plan. I have an idea about some guys who may get at-bats who may outproduce what they cost for cheap. Uh, the is a little different. There was a lot of scrubs in the NL. In the NL, um, it got really ugly at the end. And so you, I, th- I think, you know, you got more at-bats than most teams because there were just, there's so many, like, up-for-grabs te- on the scrubby teams, like the Phillies and Reds and Brewers. Nobody really, and the Padres, nobody really knows who's going to get the at-bats there. So there's kind of a lot of, you know, uncertainty at the bottom. Uh, I, and I think it's why they pushed up some of the players. Like, you paid 27 for Adrian Gonzalez, which I would say is too much. But then when I asked uh, Rick Wolf and Glenn Colton on the radio, like, why do they pay 39 for Anthony Rizzo? They said, look, you know, maybe they're, maybe the, maybe he's a $35 player. But honestly, if you didn't spend the money there, you'd be getting these scrubs that have part-time jobs. And so that guys just got pushed up um, who were, you know, clear starters that would produce in an NL-only league. So it, it's kind of a weird draft to evaluate because it just seems like guys went for too much money. Yeah, especially early on. I, I certainly didn't expect or target Adrian Gonzalez, but I was looking at the first base prices, and I just jumped in. I mean, Will Myers went for 20. Justin Bohr went for 21. Uh, ben Paulson went for 17. Chris Carter went for 16. Brandon Belt, my guy, but come on, 24? 
Yeah, but so I, I think why. Belt and Gonzalez are pretty even. I mean, Belt's gotten hurt a lot, but if he stays healthy a full season, he's as good as Gonzalez. Yeah, it's a, such a tougher park, and the problem is uh, he's – I mean, any left-hander, they're going to put Posey at first. They want to keep Posey fresh. So he's – I mean, the at-bats just will not – I mean, he's just – that in itself is going right. to cost him 100, 150 at-bats. Yeah, but it might boost his average 20 points too. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he'll, you know, hit 22 home runs if he ever stayed healthy, 24 home runs. Uh, bat, especially if he's platooning, bat 285, 290 even, um, if he's just facing righties, and steal eight bags or something, whatever he does. And that is uh, going to be roughly equal to Adrian Gonzalez. Gonzalez will get more RBIs playing full-time and just maybe, oh, they're both good lineups. Maybe Gonzalez has a little better park. But, yeah, I mean, look. I, I'd take Gonzalez probably straight up over Belt, but, you know, he's $3 more, and neither of those guys were good prices in my opinion. No, no, I agree. All right. Joe Panic for 12 is a good price. I really liked uh, Wei-Yin Chen for 10 I thought that was kind of a steal. Um, he was decent. He was a $10 pitcher in the AL in Baltimore uh, facing the AL East. He's going to be a way better than $10 pitcher if he's yeah, yeah. healthy in the he NL like East. A- 3.34 ERA in the AL East and in an extreme hitter's park in Baltimore. And now he's not only moving to the NL, but uh, Marlins Park suppressed homers by like 28% last year. I know they're going to move the fences in, but still 28%. That's more than any park other than AT&T. So it's about, you know, as drastic of a change as it gets. Yeah. No, I like him for that price. I don't know. You just have a weird team. Like it, it kind of looks a little like my team last year. Uh, but but not as not as like thorough in terms of covering the spots, but has a couple more stars than I had last year. But there's just like nobody that good on it. I mean, you have Puig that I really like, and you have got Seager, and you got um, and I guess you have Syndergaard. But it's just such a vanilla team. I don't know, man. I mean, look at Derek's team. You know, Derek, uh, not Cardi, Derek Van Riper. Yeah, no, I picked him as the best team in my Q and A. I I, I oh, really like Bryce lost. Harper and and Goldschmidt, and he's got. Jose Fernandez and Wainwright. It's just, yeah, he's got some holes, but they're not. Everybody's got some holes. I don't know. It just seems like. Yeah, no. I mean, in hindsight, I would I would pick his team over mine. It. Okay. Um, it just just how things fell. Like he got Darno for fourteen dollars early. Yeah. He was before the market was set for for catchers. Right. And then later, Wilson Ramos goes for fifteen. Grandal for the same price. Uh, Wellington Castillo, who's fine, but. It just in hindsight, like I had Darno, you know, six, seven spots ahead of these guys went for the same price just because of the, the timing. And then the, the relievers, like Jake McGee and A.J. Ramos for a combined $18. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love that. Yeah. And Wayne Wright could go crazy back being healthy. So now I'm not going to argue here. And that's, uh, I mean, those are deals we're talking about. Lackey after- and Shields. I mean, he's got like a solid staff, like a really good staff with closers. And he's got the two best offensive players on the board. Right. Exactly. And he's, he's got guys like Darno. And Schwarber and Domingo yeah. Santana is going to probably play every day. Um, so, you know, Jerko, Jerko maybe like, every day. But I mean, he didn't know that at the time. was lucky, right. but Peralta just got hurt. Um, it's just a good – and, like, Trevor Story, I mean, Jose Reyes may be in jail all year. I mean, Trevor Story may play. And I thought uh, Jose Fernandez was going to go for more than 25. Yeah, he has a good team. Um, all right, so you're not really pleased with that team. Are we going to have a side bet on this? Um, what, just my points versus your points? Yeah. Sure, why not? Okay, you want to do the AL or you want to do the NL versus the AL? You have fun. You're turning it over to Funston. The oh AL. yeah, because he's doing all the trans. Oh, I, I'll just do my NL. It's fine. Okay, how much you want to do? Hundred. 
No, just 20. I'm not, no. Hey, <laughs> you're, not, hey, you're not happy I'm, with your team, I take it. Right. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've always had the inkling that the AL was easier than the NL. Uh-huh. But um, that would just seem like you know something to, to bitch to you about that would fall on deaf ears. But I was in both this year. Right. And without question, the AL is easier. But if it's easier for everybody, right, I mean – like that's that, okay. That's a fair point. I but mean, it's, I, it's easier. So it was easier for me. It was easier for Steve Gardner and Tristan Cockroft and Greg. So it's all easier. So we should all win, right? No, only one of us can win. There were guys like Jerks and Profar available in the reserve round. You should see the the dreck that was the, the no, first. No, right. Game. But everybody's dealing with the same problem. Or every, you know, one thing I, the only thing I, I screwed up twice in the AL. I, I shouldn't have bought Hank Conger for four bucks. I should have just got a one dollar backup, and I could have used that money in the end game. And then also I totally on my cheat sheet forgot about like the Pedro Alvarez, Austin Jack, the free agents. Right. I just totally forgot about it. Um, and so, yeah, thankfully for me, they went to the uh, AL. What's that? Thankfully for me, Pedro yeah, Alvarez went to the AL. It's, it's yeah. annoying because I, I go through the depth charts on RotoWire, and obviously there's no reason we would have a free agent on a particular depth chart. But I just have to remember also look at free agents. And, and about every other year. Every three years, I remember, and I usually forget. I mean, it's especially bad because those guys signed, like, right the day after we did the auction. Two guys signed. And, and it seems like there's a disproportionate amount this year, too, like, of, of pretty good players on sign. I mean, even, like, Morneau could still sign or right. something. Alex Rios is still out there. Right, People drafted right. those guys in reserve. Right. Um, but I'll, I'll talk about my thing quickly, and then you can talk about – I mean, you don't have to talk about Funston's if you don't want because you were sort of – Well, just under- real quick about mine, just to finish okay. it off, I – I, I mean, I agree with you. It's kind of vanilla, and, and maybe I overpaid for Corey Seager, whom, whom I love. But the I, I just looked at afterward at shortstop. It was just an absolute wasteland, and that was before Peralta got hurt. But position scarcity means so yeah. much less in, in only. You know, if I'm if I'm filling my outfield out with Peter Burgess and John Jay, you know, I mean, it kind of defeats the purpose. So I, I get that totally. But yeah, it I doesn't think- matter, right? It's just the stats. You know, even catcher in like the. Uh, NFBC 15 team leader catcher is really scarce because there is a huge drop off after Posey or Schwarber or whatever. But in this, it doesn't really matter it because somebody has got a total scrub at first base, right? So it doesn't really make any difference or outfield. So everything's scarce when everything's scarce, nothing is scarce. So you shouldn't really be giving guys big premiums for the scarcity. Just, it's just sort of what are their stats worth? And Corey Seager might at 27 bucks, not saying he won't, but if he's an outfielder, you know, you, you probably he probably goes for twenty four. Yeah, I was thinking like I'd rather probably I'd trade him straight up right now for like uh, even an elite pitcher like Strasburg or Harvey or something. I probably would. Um, I uh, normally I come away loving my draft or auction. So my 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 in the back of my mind, I'm hoping that I don't love this one. Maybe it'll end up doing better. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but but the reverse one, psychology superstition, yeah. reverse jinx. Exactly. The one thing I do want to say, the other reason why I hate my team is because I've done something the first time in my life is I left money on the table. It doesn't show it on the thing, but I, I had $9 left with uh, one roster spot left, and there were only $1 or to $3 players on the board. So, I mean, that's just so dumb. Like, it, it, you know, 6 to $8 may not sound like a lot, but in an only league, it, it's huge. I mean, it's a difference between a, media, you know, a middle-tier player and an elite one in some instances. So Right. Let's just I speculate. Think, like, you had $9, so... Basically, let's say the last guy you bought was for nine, but he could have got him for two. So there's like a $7 difference. So just like instead of Seeger, who was 27, you could have gotten um, someone who was 34, which was like who was 34? Like Scherzer was 33. Right. Um, there weren't too many guys right in that range. How much was Andrew McCutcheon? Uh, 34. There you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, like Seeger's good, but 
I way rather yeah. Andrew. Yeah, Luck. I mean, I like Connor Strickland, whom I got for the nine dollars. But to put it in perspective, uh, Santiago Casilla, who currently is the closer, went for eight. Right. So that that that's just awful. That's just really. But shame. when he takes over the job, it'll be lucky that you left that on the table and didn't spend it on Casilla and actually have the real closer, who's much better. Right. Right. But, but or or I could have gotten Strickland for three and upgraded my other roster by six dollars. <laughs> right, right. You could have got, kept Strickland and then also gotten Andrew yeah. McCutcheon. Right. Uh, yeah. So I almost never leave money on the table, and I the only time I was at risk was last year when I did my crazy like value strategy, which didn't really work. I mean, I took sixth, but it was sort of like making a run from eleventh to sixth. I had some injuries. It wasn't you know I didn't have great luck, but. It wasn't my style, and I had to be very careful. Even then, I had to be very careful not to leave money on the table. I had to make sure how much money I have left, look at the player pool, and as it thinned out, and I started thinking, okay, here, the values are coming. I got to go pony up this money here for these values. And I got values, but it was, you know, you really have to, if you're going to do it that way, you really can't be particular. Once it gets to the point, you can let guys go that are too expensive, but you got to always say, okay, I got $60 left, and here are the, you know, five ten dollar players left and i gotta be in you know and you hopefully get them for eight or nine and control the end game um, which i did but it wasn't good enough this year i did the opposite this year uh i did something that will make sure you never leave money on the table which is you buy like 180 dollars worth of players right away um because you you know there's just no obviously there's no chance that uh you're going to be low on money and then you're going to pick out bargains that you can and you're going to always be down you know, to every last dollar. And, and I think it's the best way to do it because if you look at only leagues, it's the one to five to $10 players that make the profits. You can get a $10 player who earns 30. He can make three times his cost. A $5 player can earn five times his cost. A $1 player can earn 20 or 30 times his cost. If he breaks out, um, a $35 player cannot even earn double their cost. So you're not really trying to make a profit with those guys. You're just trying to break even or, or not even. You know, if you buy a guy for 35 and you earn 30, that's fine. But what you're doing is you're making sure you're getting $30 worth of stats in your lineup. Um, and you're getting $40 worth of stats in your lineup. You're getting 25 here. And then when you have $80 left, then you've got your 16 players to fill out your team and make a profit with. And you never leave money on the table when you do it that way. Yeah, well, clearly you went that route. You have, what, four $1 players? Yes. Uh, I got Christian Cologne. Uh, I'm, you know, if it weren't for, uh, Colton and Rick Wolf, I would have actually gotten Jose Ramirez. who was my target for a buck. They were the only ones bidding with me. It's, I think, I mean, maybe someone else would have jumped in. I got Johnny Giovatella. He's starting and hopefully he'll score 50 or 60 runs. Uh, and I got, uh, Matt Shoemaker who, if, if, uh, CJ Wilson's not ready, may start in the rotation. So I think I got three $1 players. I think, oh, you're, you're oh yeah, my catcher, my backup catcher. Right. Chris, Jimenez. not backup. I mean, he's starting. He's a starting catcher for me, but I'm saying he's a backup catcher. Right, 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 right. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. I did get four $1 players. But Jared Weaver supposedly topped out at 80 miles an hour in his last outing, so Shoemaker has a couple options. Yeah, I mean, and and just random guys like Heaney or Richards can get hurt easily or Santiago. So I think he'll be in the rotation at some point, uh, and he'll definitely earn his buck. Um, I don't know. I like the team. I went out and I got Miguel Cabrera and I got Chris Davis. Those are guys I wanted. Again, I don't need them to make a profit, though I think they might. I just need them to earn 90% of what they cost. That's all you got to do, right? It's not about winning with those guys. It's about par with those guys and then making your money on the, on the cheap guys. And Davis, to me, 31 may sound like a lot, but he's averaged 50 home runs in the last two seasons that he was able to take Adderall. And he's back in the same park. I don't think people are really comprehending uh, the extent to which – he gives you a leg up in power. 
I love Miguel Cabrera. I think he's going to go crazy this year. That guy can hit 330 even on one leg, so I, I think the power will return too. Chris Davis is just um, – he's interesting to me because he's high – High strikeout rate, fly ball guys are just so up and down. But maybe you're onto something with the Adderall. That lineup is should be absolutely loaded. Um, I hear you about the power. I mean, it's 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 maybe getting overlooked as far as you know who hits 50 every year. But you know, people look at that 210 batting average that he had recently. So no, um, well, he, had two, he batted 262 last year, and the year that he had 53 home runs, he batted like 285. Right, and in between it was like 210. The, the year that he had like 20 home runs, got hurt, and didn't have Adderall. You know, I mean, I don't know, man. The, people look at strikeouts, and he struck out 208 times or something, so he's he's going to be 0 for 208 to start. Well, <laughs> but then the, the home runs, he'll be, you know, 45 for 253, which is not a good batting average. That's sort of his baseline before we talk about balls in play. But the BABIP is going to be high because he crushes it. That's the thing. A lot of these guys like Stanton and Chris Davis – you can't look at their BABIP and say, wow, you know, he's not going to have a 350 BABIP or whatever. It's probably lower because all the home runs don't count in his BABIP. He's not going to do that again because, you know, that was, that's above average. Uh, but it's not because, you know, I've seen a stat where, like, if you hit the ball 100 miles an hour, you have, like, an 800 batting average on that. If you hit the ball, like, you know, 90 miles an hour, you have a 700 batting average, and it goes down from there. Yeah, I would, I would have guessed he would have a low Babbitt because, as you said, they don't count home runs, and he hits a lot of fly balls. So I would right. have guessed Well, I, I, you know, I call it non-Babbitt, non-home run Babbitt. No, so. but I, I'm wrong. His career Babbitt is 320. Right, and that's with all those home runs that also right. count as base hits. So think right. of how high that really is. If those home runs were doubles, his Babbitt would be like 400, right? right so maybe, maybe it's worth striking out all that time because when you do connect, you're, you're, right. you're crushing so People it. look at the wrong stat. That's absolutely right. So right, his career Babbitt is 320. And he's hitting all these home runs, which don't count as hits. Again, if those were doubles, he'd be have a 400 BABIP, and he, it would be sustainable. Or if he if he played in a park that was 500 feet to the you know to the fences, you know, well he'd have even more because he'd get so many bloop singles. But whatever. I mean, just saying you couldn't hit it out; it'd be a double. He would have a 400 BABIP, and it would be a sustainable 400 BABIP. Right, right. No, that's interesting. Um, all right, you're talking me into Chris Davis. Yeah, I really right. like Prince Fielder at twenty dollars. Although, you know, you see these reports today, he's going back to Texas to deal with a sleeping problem. I mean, I don't know if that's bad. I mean, you know, maybe he was not sleeping that well last year and it's helping him, you know, just right. help him. I mean, you wonder, you know how we switched. He was a veg- wasn't he a vegetarian for a while? It was like two weeks and the media still, a lot of, most oh, people think that lasted. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if maybe he has some sort of autoimmune issues or some kind of health issue because, you know, he's tinkering with different things maybe that, you know, that are affecting him, but... Either way, he he was really good last year. He doesn't strike out a lot. For a guy who hits home runs, oh. he just does not strike out. He's a 300, 290, 300 hitter every year. Uh, I was talking to Jeff about this on the radio. Is, is he a weak man now? Do you, he, Jeff's like, yeah, I project him for 25 homers. I'm like, why isn't he a 30 homer guy? Well, he hasn't hit 30 since whenever. It's like, well, one year he was hurt. The other year he was playing with that neck problem, and he made it through 25 homers in Detroit. And last year was so his only full year coming back from the neck problem. But it's like, why would someone his size, is he a weak man now at age 32? Is he not able to hit home runs in Texas? I, I think he should hit 30. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, I could see that. Him returning to 30. I see no, no reason. He's not even that old, is he? 32. Yeah. No, I, I think that's definitely doable. And then I got Brantley for 20 because Stefani told me that players with that injury recover fine. And then he got a checkup and got the green light right after that, which is good. 
Your most interesting buy to me, and I'm normally all for swinging for the fantasy seed with Corey Seager for 27, is Byron Buxton at $17. Yeah, I, that was the one I got the most crap for on Twitter. Everyone else was like, oh, I love this, I love that. But they were like, that's too much. But I don't know. I needed speed. You know, I've got Brantley will steal 15 if he's healthy. I've got uh, Hicks, who I think is going to play and steal 15 or 10. Maybe who could steal 20, 25, assuming that wrist thing, he's back in April like he's supposed to be. But I needed one more steals guy, otherwise I'd be short. Um, and I wanted to get the guy that I, I brought up Delano DeShields, who I don't want. I think he's going to lose the job to uh, the guy I got on, on reserve, uh, Lewis Brinson, or maybe you know someone else. I don't know if Nomar Mazzara could play center. But anyway, uh, but I um, needed a steals guy. And I, I just th- I think about Trout with a cup of coffee in 2011 was nothing special. He was he was actually blocked. Buxton's not. They actually got rid of Hicks. So I'm assuming the intention is to start him unless he just completely you know falls apart in spring training. And this dude was crushing it at age 19 at high A, like destroyed it. Everybody was like consensus best prospect in baseball and had some stats to back it up. Not really in the high minor so much. He got hurt the last couple of years, but he'll be 22 now. I just think this is the year that uh, that he's going to bust out. It just seems just so obvious to me. Well, clearly you do at six at seventeen dollars. I'm not surprised. Well, no, he doesn't have to though. That makes him thirty thirty five dollars. I mean, if he all he has to do is play five hundred fifty at bats. If he does that, he's going to steal twenty five bases, right? And he's going right. to hit like eight home runs, right? Because he's not a he's not Ben Revere. He has some pop, so he's going to hit eight or ten home runs. He's going to steal twenty five bases, and you know, I mean, I think he'll bat two fifty. Right, at least. So if he goes eight twenty-five, two fifty with, you know, eight, seventy runs and fifty-five ribbies, how much is that worth? Yeah, I guess probably close to that. Right, about seventeen bucks. So like, I don't really see the risk. I said the risk is that he's just not ready, or he gets hurt again and he gets sent down. But if he gets five hundred fifty at bats, which if he starts the year that he should get that, he may even lead off. You know, I guess Dozier maybe, and then maybe, the other maybe Dozier side, What's the that? other side is he could go nuts too. That's what I mean. Like, what if he's just like Trout? And it just he's not going to be as good as Trout. But the idea that like Trout just, you know, he's the right age. He had that bad cup of coffee. He got the job, and he just the light bulb went on, and that was that. And the light bulb for Buxton might not be thirty homers and forty nine steals, but it might be, you know, sixteen homers and thirty seven steals, right? And bat two ninety. So. <laughs> That, that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. Fair enough. All right, let's go to your pitchers here. So you got Keuchel for 26, and I know you really like him. He was a target of yours. Yeah, I set up getting Keuchel and Archer. Um, I knew that Archer would be cheaper than some of the other aces. Love Archer. You love him. I just feel like, you know, he got 252 strikeouts, and the dude is smart. And I don't know, maybe I'll regret saying this. They're like Brian Bannister was really smart on the Royals, and he sucked. But these smart pitchers like Greg Maddox and – you know, and David Price and uh, Roy Halladay, we talked to him on the radio a few years ago, and that dude was sharp, right? He knew what the hell he was talking about. Yeah, and Archer's a great commentator, right? That's what I mean. Archer's yeah. a smart guy. He understands his craft. And I just feel like those guys are going to adapt better. And if you have the stuff and the brains, I just I just think that's a good combination. So I liked him. Obviously, I like the environment he's pitching in. Um, Keiko, I just felt, as I said, he's just so low risk. I'm, well, I'll probably eat my words because I'm going to have him in a lot of formats, I think, because people don't like him that much because he's not an elite strikeout guy. But that Roy Halladay style ground baller 
eight and a half strikeouts per nine, weak contact, um, pretty good defense behind him. It's just to me, to me, it's just a a very very stable skill set. Good control, right? It's great control. It's the skill set just so stable, right? When you when you have these, you know, you look at Matt Harvey or Strasburg or Fernandez, love those guys, and if their 90th percentile year is going to look better than Keuchel's, that's probably last year, but. I just think they're not stable. Like they lose a little velocity. They more likely to get hurt. I, they're just more temperamental. Uh, to me, Keuchel is just a rock. And in an only league, I especially like him. Yeah, Archer's small and he throws all those sliders, but I really hope he stays healthy because he's electric. I love him. Yeah, I love that he dialed up those big double-digit strikeout games too. Um, it just makes me think like the, up the ceiling is just more consistency of those. Yeah, for sure. I got I got K Rod for twelve. I was really happy about that. I really like Eduardo Rodriguez, although he's dealing with a knee thing now, so hopefully that it gets resolved. But I have Henry Owens as sort of insurance who would be in the rotation if Eduardo Rodriguez uh, can't go. Rich Hill for six. Well, Rich Hill, hold on. Rich Hill, is that kind of one of those things we talked about last week, the signature performance type thing? Like you're 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 waiting a couple outings in one month of just absolute dominance. Well, that's all he really had, right? I mean, well, like, I mean, he has four years of non-existence. Is what right. I'm saying, four years of non-existence, but non-existence can't hold him against. Can't hold, uh, you know, if your kid's not born yet, you can't hold that against him. You know, non-existence is can, not a problem. He wasn't, he wasn't like kidnapped. I think you can kind of hold it against him. He just had some non-existence. I don't, I don't have a problem non-existence. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. I, 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 to me, um, look, who knows, right? Six bucks. Tristan brought him up. I, I didn't intend to buy him, but he was like one. I was like two. He's like three. I'm like, all right, I'll go four. He goes five. I'm like, nah, I'll go one more. And it's stuck. I, it was just one of those things like, yeah, I'll take it. He's in Oakland. Uh, he was good in Boston. He right. was good at one point. He had really good stuff. This curveball that drops off, you know, maybe maybe he'll keep it up for a year. So his arm's certainly fresh. <laughs> That's right. No, I mean, Oakland's pr- turned a lot worse in, into, into gems. So, yeah. you know. And I got Blake, Blake Snell, Snell for five bucks. I don't even know who that is. I just know he's a big prospect and. I'm a sucker for that. You know, if it's, le- it's five or less, I'll take it. I figure right. he'll end up in the rotation at some point and doesn't take much to earn five bucks. And plus minor leaguers and DL guys have sort of extra value in this format because you can reserve them. Whereas like a guy who's just kind of scrubby, you got to get rid of if he's hurting your team. Yeah, absolutely. That's why uh, I mean, this, and this league I drafted for, uh, for Brandon Funston because he couldn't make it. And I got Alex Cobb's one dollar in the last pitcher's spot. I thought was perfect because A, it allows you to because you have to start anyone you buy, you have to have in your life every week, no matter what. So I can DL him or Brandon DL him and put in any of your reserves based on matchups. And B, he'd be really good for the final two months when he does return. Yeah, you're getting a little garbled, man. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if you are you underwater right now or something. No, I'm not. Yeah, you have something in your mouth. You're actually garbled for me too. Really? Yeah, no, you're better there now. You're All right. Now. Well, I mean, it's more important that I that you sound good because I'm the one recording it. Is I gotta carry it? No, not because of that. Because I'm the one recording it. So like, it doesn't matter what's coming out of your computer. It matters what's coming into my computer. Right. So is it any better? Or no? no, you sound horrible. But let's try to keep going. Maybe it'll clear up on its own. Anyway, you know, I got Daniel Norris. I got Matt Shoemaker. I feel pretty good about my team. You know, I was a little thin on – I had to – you know, the, I punted middle infield, and I was happy with Eduardo Escobar. I had to settle for those two dollar other middle infielders. 
but I think this team's going to be good, and we'll do 20 on our two teams. I'd like to go 100, but I, I understand. It's understandable why you wouldn't want to step in this situation. All right, can you hear me better? Because I can hear you better. Uh, I, you don't sound that great, but just keep talking. Just try to power through it. Did you get my Alex Cobb point or no? Yes, I did. And actually, okay. you sound better. Right. Suddenly, you sound better. Yeah, right. no, I thought about Alex Cobb. My problem was that I already had uh, Owens and Snell, and there's only so many of those guys you can. I mean, you know, at a certain point, you need guys in your active lineup. Yeah, no, fair point. All right, let's move on from that. We can skip uh, labor. Um, and uh, what the hell let's, else was I going to tell talk, you? Quickly, let's talk football. Just, just real quick. We don't need to talk too much free agents. But in the League of Leagues, we traded for Lamar Miller just for the playoff run, and he was not very good. But, man, what a landing spot in, Tex- in the Texans. I don't know if Osweiler might be an upgrade, but that defense and that, that scheme, and he should be the main back there. That could be like, I mean, he, he, I bet you, I bet he goes in the first round of fantasy drafts. No, he's not going to go in the first round. All right, I, I retweeted it. Uh, Jerry Donald Donaldbedian, who is now like doing our like RotoWire, he's doing sort of a RotoWire analyst role and tweeting out all sorts of news. He said that in his tweet, and I retweeted it just as like an interesting idea. But I can't see a first round because you got all those receivers. I mean, we can go through it right now if you want to look at the the top of the board. Um, I, I just I can't even. You know, I'll, let's go through it right now. You ready? I'm Beckham ready. and Antonio Brown have to go ahead of him, right? Yes. Todd Gurley. Yes. Julio Jones. Yeah. Allen Robinson. Mm, I guess. David Johnson. Yes. Devonta Freeman. Sure. All right. DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, yeah. Okay. He's safer. Le'Veon yeah. Bell. Yeah. Gronkowski. Okay. But you're right. Right here it gets a little dicey, right? Because after 10, 10. you get Adrian Peterson, which, I mean, he's going to be 31, right? And then A.J. Green could be really big. Des Bryant. Well, yeah, I have Des at 16 right now, but it's Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, come on. No, no. Alshon Jeffrey was a monster when he was healthy. I know. He's never healthy, though. He's just never healthy this year. C.J. Anderson rejoins Denver, maybe. If, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I have Thomas Rawls pretty high at 18. Yeah, well, we have him also. A League of Leagues are running backs. And Jordan Reed, who's like 19, and we have Jordan Reed too. Yeah, our League of Leagues running backs are Todd Gurley, Lamar Miller, and uh, Thomas Rawls. Yeah. I think we're going to have to trade one of those, actually. Um, hopefully we can hold on in basketball with all those bullshit trades. I know, I know. But we lost Calvin Johnson in a two-year league. Who drafts oh. a 30-year-old wide receiver <laughs> in their prime to retire? Like, are you kidding me? I know. That's, that's horrible. That really is horrible. I mean, we're still going to be fine, but that is bullshit. Well, I mean, we have those three running backs I just mentioned, and Julio Jones, and T.Y. Hilton could bounce back yeah, with Andrew and Jordan Blood, Reed. and Jordan Reed. Yeah, yeah and we and have a 14-team league. Don't we have Eli and Cousins right now, too? 14-team league, mind you. Yeah, we have Eli and Cousins, right? Yeah. So we're solid at QB, too. I mean, Eli, as long as Odell Beckham's around, Eli's a rock. Like, right. Like, there's no issue with Eli. Odell Beckham is going to put Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Eli Manning was maybe going to get in just with just, you know, pure uh, accumulation and two Super Bowls. But his stats were garbage from 2000, like, like from the, the, after, like, the beginning of 2012 all the way through midway through last year for like two years, his stats were terrible. And then Beckham comes on the scene and it's, you know, now he's playing at a pro bowl level almost. And, you know, Beckham, so long as he stays healthy for another three, four years, it's going to just carry Eli's stats for the next three to five years, you know, over the, over the ledge where he's like a top five overall, he's going to be in the top five in yards and touchdowns and all that stuff. 
Totally. Yeah, Beckham, Beckham's out of control. Not much else to talk about. Yeah, Forte to the Jets, whatever. Um, I do want to ask you about what you thought your Giants did, though. I mean, they're the offseason all-stars. They're the, the offseason champions, that's for sure. Well, they just got a sick offensive line. I mean, defensive line, <laughs> which is uh, – it's Jerry Reese is obsessed with defensive line. He's always drafting, uh, you know, JPP, and, you know, it was a good pick. And the, the, the Giants, even since before him, um, Ernie Corsi, they were drafting uh, defensive linemen. You know, from Strahan to Tuck to all, you know, Tuck actually was like, I think, a third round pick. But they drafted Kiwanuka, who didn't really pan out. Uh, and Uman Yor was a first round guy who did pan out. So they just love defensive linemen. And now they just signed uh, two guys. And they re signed uh, Jason Pierre Paul, who actually didn't look that bad. He only got one sack uh, since he you know, came back. But he, he had some pressures and he was really quick. So hopefully he'll, you know, he's going to have some more surgeries on the hand. But. Having like a, a ridiculous pass rush is really, I mean, there's really two things you need in football is an elite quarterback and an elite pass rush, right? I mean, those are the two things. Yeah, and they spent money on Janoris Jenkins. I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's going to be good on for them or whatever. But, yeah, uh, Olivia Vernon or whatever was like graded as the best defensive end by pro football focus last year. So he could be a beast. And I agree with you about JPP. It's not the sack totally you should look at. It's more the pressures. And he, he wasn't bad in that area. And he, what was it? A one-year deal, right? So he must have prove himself. Yeah, it was an incentive laden deal. It's, I mean, yeah. it's perfect. I mean, it's, it's obviously a good move for them. I mean, they they got to try. Um, and it's, it's kind of exciting, right? I mean, again, pass rush quarterback and they have Beckham. So I think, yeah. I think they're going to be pretty good this year it is pretty crazy that denver pretty much forced uh, manning to retire as they should have and then they lose brock osweiler i mean have you ever heard of this uh, from a super bowl winning team no uh do they they forced him to retire but he must have wanted to retire i think i think they nudged him is kind of how i, mean, I... you know like that guy like what is wrong with that guy honestly i mean the budweiser thing on the way out I mean, he, he was like teabagging the league with that statement so disrespectful why would he want to play again no, clearly he shouldn't, but I don't know, just the competitive nature, you know, I mean. I know, but he was awful. He was awful. I'm aware. I'm aware. I don't know, the rumors are going to trade for Kaepernick, and that's going to be interesting if that happens. Yeah, Kaepernick, I think he's too broken to be fixed, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it's possible. Interesting to see where RG3 ends up, too, but, but enough football talk. I can't believe that you scheduled our podcast during this Democratic debate. I didn't think about it. Um, I watched a bunch of them. Like, it's pretty much the same thing. She does her thing. She actually, I thought is pretty good in these kind of debates. I think she's a horrible speaker. I heard her at one of the rallies yesterday speaking, and it was terrible. This is it sounds like a fifth grader. She's just faking it, you know, but in the debate, she's actually pretty good because she's very calm and she gives pretty good answers. She said something that was actually really good today that I was, you know, I want her to lose. So I don't like seeing that she did something well, but she said, you know, I'm not a natural politician like my husband or Barack Obama. And I thought that was a very sharp thing to say because everyone's like, God, she's so fake and sounds so unconvincing to own that is very smart. Right. Cause it's like, yeah, she's like, I'm just about trying to do this and that she did well. And then Bernie did well when they asked him say that she took all this money and you need to see the speeches. Would you not trust her? Do you think she would do, you know, they're trying to make it like it's on him to say whether she's dishonest and he just turned it around and knocked it out of the park. Yeah. He said something like you were given $220,000 to give a speech for Goldman Sachs, man, for that much money, it, it must have been a, a, an amazing speech. Wouldn't you want the entire world to hear it? Where's the transcript? Right. It's a great work of art, probably, that speech. I mean, aren't you <laughs> proud of it? You must be proud of it. I mean, I'm surprised. You know, they're like, well, do you think she, she's influenced by that speech or not? You're saying that she said something that she wouldn't say? They're asking this question. It's like, 
No one knows. That's why you got to release the fucking speech. Like, that's the whole point. Why are you asking him to speculate? It, she can just release the speech and put it to rest. But she doesn't want to because you know that that speech was like, don't worry, I'm going to say some shit on the trail that sounds mean to you, but I got your back. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what she said. She can't release that thing. I mean, it, it's like, obviously, if she could release it, she would have. She cannot release it, right? And all she's hoping to do is run out the clock. She's basically they scheduled all these southern states early, which is to her advantage. She got all the endorsements and all the notoriety and the fame and everything else so that she had a huge polling lead early. And the lead in the delegates and all these douchebags from all the newspapers who's, who are corp- their corporations are owned by people who donate and contribute to the Clintons. And they're just trying to run out the clock before people are like, wait, who's this other guy? Oh, wait, he's actually telling the truth. Wait, we actually want a, a politician who tells the truth and who's going to do things that actually benefit people other than the very richest people in the country. Holy shit, we're going to vote for him. But they just want the clock to run out before that thing even has a chance to, to go off. Right. So it's just huge that it's not a total blowout right now, basically. And what I, I know, I think ultimately he lost some delegates. But what, you know, explain further what the, the meaning of the Michigan upset truly means. Well, it might, it's the sickest thing ever, right? Because he was 20 points down in the polls. Nate Silver had oh, I know. He's, less he, than 1%. <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. I don't. I checked last night. Ohio and Illinois were still less than one percent. You think if I go to Nate Silver and say ah, you got it about ninety nine or two hundred to one, whatever, less than one hundred percent is, uh, less than one percent is. I'll tell you what. Why don't you just give me fifty to one on twenty bucks on on who wins that state? No way he's doing that. He doesn't believe his own polling now. He doesn't believe his own data now, right? You think Nate Silver would give me fifty to one on twenty bucks on one of those races that he has at more greater than ninety nine percent? No, he's not having quite as good of a, you know. Do you know how much overlay that is if it's truly less than 1% and I'm only getting 50 to 1? Yes, I do. Do you think he's going to give me 50 to 1? No, I don't. No, No, he's not going to. He doesn't even believe his own model, right? So, like, what the fuck? It means that all that shit is up for grabs. Two, so, so, and that changes everything. Two, the media, they didn't want to cover him. They didn't, they want him to go away. He's a protest candidate. First, they liked him. He's a sweet protest candidate. He'll pull Clinton to the left. That's great. We have a nominal contender. She'll vanquish him quickly, and then we'll cover the real election. Right? So they liked him. Then he actually became like a real kind of thorn in her side, and they don't like him. They're not covering him. But if he wins this, if he can win a couple more, the press has to cover it. That means other people, most people don't pay attention to politics. They're going to start hearing about this guy. They're going to start looking at him, investigating him, listening to him. And then all of a sudden, all this polling is totally out the window. Because it's all based on just her being known. And people are like, eh, I'm a Democrat. I know who she is. That's who I'm voting for. That's all it's based on. It's not based on, like, some serious weighing of the issues and serious consideration. But once – if they can't run out the clock before he gets, you know, known, I, I don't know, man. I think, I think he can win. So that's, that's my hope at least. I'm having flashbacks of my entire last weekend sitting next to you. Why? I was saying that same thing? Yes, but it's it's find more people. To, well, I was going to bet Kyle. It was one percent to ninety nine. I said Kyle, I'll bet you he gets more delegates in Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan combined than she does. And he, and he was like, no way, no way. He she, and he won Michigan. So, right. So so what what do you think his chances are now? I mean, I don't. I mean, I think if if I were to bet, I mean, I got fifteen to one with my friend, um, and that was before the Michigan thing. And I, I think it's more like, you know, five to one now if you were to be like a betting man, six to one. But, I mean, I think it's – I think he's going to win, man. I'm sorry. I, just, I don't know if I would uh, take even money because I could get better. Right, right. But, I mean, I, I, in my mind, he's going to win. Like, I just think 
the, the people these days, and this has served me well in like the radio and stuff. They just want someone who's like, seems authentic and telling the truth. The people just like the truth. They just want to hear it straight. They just want to hear when we're talking about DFS or we're talking about whatever, they just want to hear like the truth about it. I, I just think people, the whole lying to the people because they're stupid and you got to tell them what they want to hear. Like that shit is gone. I don't think people are like that really. And so we're just in a moment where that po- political speak, that bullshit artist stuff that most politicians in the establishment do is just not, it's not cutting it anymore. Yeah. No, it should be interesting to see what happens. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's so funny too. Cause the people I know who, uh, who support Clinton, they're never like, I think she's a great person. I think her character is fantastic. And they're never like, you know, I just think her ideas are so right on. Like she's going to do the right thing. And I really support all her platforms. They're just kind of like, she's electable. We can't take a chance. It's like, that's all they say. They don't have any, like, think about a candidate that the whole thing is like, we just can't take a chance. So first of all, I think she's going to, Trump would beat her, I think, because even though he's full of shit, he's, he's got at least, he'll say whatever. He's not the scripted politician and it's going to play. It's, it's a very bad matchup for her. Whereas like for him, for Bernie, it's like Bernie just cut him to pieces. Yeah. You, you said that that was interesting to me, but, um, well, I, the I was polling surprised. Also shows it. The polling shows it. they've pulled head to head. Now, if the polls didn't mean anything in Michigan, maybe they don't mean anything a year from now, head to head or nine months right. from now. Right, right. No, that that was surprising me that you said that. Yeah, but right now he pulls ahead against the Republicans better than she does. So, yeah, I, I just think that nobody even who likes her, like, likes her. They just think, <laughs> come on, man, she's the realistic one. She's By default. Support. Yeah, they could see her being president. They can't see him being president. It's too far out for them. And so they just – it's like don't let – don't be stupid and – have a Republican be president is, is their argument. It's never, she's a, agree with everything she says or, or she's telling the truth or whatever. You know, it's never that it's like, come well, on, man, the Supreme court's at stake. Don't fuck with it. Well, more of those people should learn what you just said about who's the most likely to, to beat the Republican. Well, right. They should look at the polls rather than idle speculation of, Oh, they'll call him a socialist and his numbers will plummet and all that stuff. She has high unfavorables. He has low unfavorables. He polls better against the Republicans, but they just think that like that's what a president looks and sounds like, someone who's been Secretary of State, not some Jewish dude who's 74 from Brooklyn. But I think that's BS, and it was BS when they thought that about Obama too, and he won, right? He won twice. So right. I just think that the image of what you think a president should be, you know, it's, I mean, look at Donald Trump. That does not look like what a president should be either. So, so who knows? All right. We cover everything. I think so. I think we're good. This podcast is sponsored by FanDuel.com. You can go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use my code RWPOD. Sign up now. Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's more than $60 in value for just $25. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today.